Bible says when he had received the second wine, he said, it is finished. And tonight, I believe every fiber of my being that poverty is finished. Amen. That sickness is finished. Amen. That depression is finished. Amen. That sickness is finished. Amen. When Jesus made that announcement, he wasn't kidding, he wasn't playing, he wasn't toying, he made everything he said. When he said it is finished, everything that the enemy has planned to throw at us today, tomorrow, next week, next year, in 10 years' time, everything that the enemy packaged for us, Jesus said he finished it. Amen. It's up to me and you to believe what he said is done. And that's the journey we are starting tonight. Amen? Now, please go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. It is finished. It is absolutely finished. It's done. Now, the book of Ephesians, Paul wrote to the Ephesians church from the perspective of what God has already done. And if there's anything I want us to really, really understand in these next two, three days, is the fact that everything that since your salvation and mine is been completely perfectly done. If we can ever believe that and enter into that, then everything we're seeking from God will become very easy to, to, to manifest. Amen? So, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning from, let me start from verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, let me go back to that verse 3 again. Notice, notice the tense in which it was written. Blessed, past tense. We are blessed with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. So God is not about to do it. He has already done it. Do you believe that? Yes. It is important that, you see, as, as we are going, as we are taking these verses one by one, I want you to actually picture yourself in what God has already done. He is not saying he's going to do it. The Bible says emphatically, blessed that we have been blessed. Okay? Now, let, let, let me read that verse again. Blessed be the Lord God, our Father, the, our Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us. What did he bless us with? Some things, but with every, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. It's already happened. The moment you became born again, Everything you need for your spiritual journey was packaged, coded, and placed in your born again spirit. Amen. Blessed with every, not some, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, my challenge and your challenge is what God has done, He did and placed in the spirit. So we'll come to a room like this. And if care is not taken, we are praying and asking for God's presence. Even though he said to you in Hebrews chapter 13, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Even though in Matthew 28, verse 20, it says, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the earth. But because you and I live both, we, 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 are, we are spiritual beings that live in the earthly realm, we are trying to connect with a spirit, God, with the earthly senses. And so we are trying to, to locate God in our senses. And if you don't see him in your senses, you think he's not there. And then we start speaking unbelief. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We must train ourselves to agree with what God has already done. That's the essence of fasting. We're not fasting to convince God to do something that he has already done. That would be an insult. Rather, we are fasting to position ourselves so that we can be in harmony with what God has already done. And by so being in harmony, we speak what God has spoken and therefore we can see what God has already seen. Oh, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. I don't care what the devil says from today till 40 years from now. God has done it. He has blessed me. And I will see the manifestation of his blessings. Amen. Amen. So we need to understand that these things have been done in the heavenly places. It's done spiritually. It's already there. It's there. All we have to do is to draw it and bring it to the manifestation of where we are. Example, when we came to this room, this sanctuary, we turned the lights off, on rather, we turned the lights on and they came on. Did you think electricity just got here when you switched the lights on? It was always here. But when we turned the switch, we saw the manifestation of what was already there. Likewise with God, within you, if you are born again tonight, I'm telling you, everything you will ever need is in your born again spirit. You need to turn the switches on. And you only do that by faith, not by unbelief. Not by speaking death. You only turn it on by speaking life. Are you hearing me? Let's read on. Let's read on. Now, let me do something here. Watch this. Rose, take. I just give her my Bible. Now, it would be ridiculous if Rose is not asking me, Pastor, can I have your Bible? Wouldn't it be? Yeah. It's already in her hand. That's right. So if she asks me that kind of question, there will be an awkward moment of silence because I'm wondering, is, she, is, she, is something wrong with her? Why is she asking me for what I've already given her? Hello? The reason we get into silence, when we pray, we don't get answers, we don't get God speaking back, because many times we are asking God for something we already have. So God is wondering, why are you asking me for what I've already given you? You have the goods, you're asking for it. All you have to do is open the package. Open the package. And she's opening the package. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I have my Bible back, please? <laughs> but that's the truth. That's, that's, that's what's happening. Now, a, a few days ago here, I believe uh, Pastor Tosin was ministering and he read the scripture for us in uh, Joshua chapter 10, verses 13 and 14 in message translation, I believe it was. Put that scripture back on there for me, please. Joshua chapter 10. Verses 12 through 14. 
Joshua 10. Okay, you got it? Oh, good. Thank you. The day God gave the Amorites up to Israel, Joshua spoke to God with all Israel listening. Stop, sun over Gibeon. Halt, moon over Ajalon Valley. And the sun stopped. Moon stood stock still until he defeated his enemies. You can find this written in the book of Joshua. The sun stopped in its tracks, in the mid-sky, just sat there all day. There's never been a day like that, or, like that before or since. God took orders from a human voice. Truly, God fought for Israel. Now, we, that can be rewritten. Because that scripture says, go back to the verse, verse before that. Oh, no, 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 no. There. Yeah. No, verse 14, I'm sorry. Verse 14. Look at what it says. There has never been a day like that before or since. Is that correct? That cannot be correct. Because tonight, tomorrow night, Friday night, you're going to make some commands. Joshua was an Old Testament believer. Now, what that verse does not tell you was that he, prior to this, had caught a revelation of who Jesus was. The captain of the host of the Lord's army. And in and through, out of that revelation, the confidence came in him to speak to the son to stop. He wasn't asking God to do it. He was speaking to the creation of God's hands. Now, now, I want to share with us three or four things tonight that I believe will help us to understand your position. Why you and I should have the kind of command that Joshua had in his time. But not just have it, to use it. To use it. You do not need anybody praying for you if you know who you are. You do not need a prayer contractor on your behalf if you know what you are carrying. Is it truth? Who prayed for Joshua? Now, let's go. Back to chapter 1. Verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So specifically now, Paul begins to pray for this efficient church. It's amazing to me, when you read of all the Pauline epistles, he never prayed about any, about a blessing for them to get rich or get healed. None of that. He didn't pray any of that for any of his churches. Do you think he doesn't want them healed? The, or does he not want them to prosper? You cannot find one Pauline prayer for any of his churches. Philippi, Colossia, Thessalonica, Corinthian, none of them. Because he just simply taught them about what they already have in Christ Jesus and what they need to do in order to bring it to pass. Now, look at verse 17. Look at the first, first thing he says he prays for them. He says, pray for them. Verse 17, the first prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The first thing you and I must know, must come to grip with, if we are to believe God and be able to operate in all the fullness of the blessings of God, is what prayer just prayed in verse 17. What's the prayer? That God will give the efficient church the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Not so they can be a prophet. Not so they can read palms and say, hey, I'll see your eye. You, tomorrow you get a new car. No. No. 
That was not what that wisdom or revelation was for. Simply, Paul said, there is one thing you need to know. I'm praying for you to get the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who Jesus is. Hey, this is a one package deal. Because if we ever come to know who he is, it unlocks all the keys to all the other keys. Let me ask you a question. You're a businessman, sir. You've done a transaction. And we can pay you in any of four legal currencies. A. Nigerian Naira. B. Ghanaian City. Three. Cameroonian Sefa. Four. US Dollar. Wait a minute. Wait, let, let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. All four currencies are legal tender. You can spend all of them here with, with right now. Which one you will pick? I guess I'll use the US. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not picking the Naira? It's legal tender. It's a tough one, but I'll, stay, I'll still stay with the dollar. You will stay with the dollar? Why will you stay with the dollar? It's stable. It is stable. You hear that? You know that you can go and come back, it'll still be there. Mm -hmm. Oh. No madman will open the radio tomorrow morning and say, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my brigadier, so, 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 I've taken over the government. That, that will not happen. What's the point I'm making? Because of what he knows about the stability of the U.S. currency, even though he has a choice of four legal tenders that he can spend anywhere, anytime, he will choose the U.S. dollar. Oh, thank you very much. Paul said, for me and you, in order for us to be able to anchor our faith and go to sleep, rest assured that the cares you cast upon him, you can be certain, it's guaranteed, nothing is going to happen to you. He said, you need to know him. Because knowing a person gives you confidence about what the person can do and deliver. That's the beginning of the problem. And that's the reason for which he didn't pray for them to get money. He didn't pray for them to get healing or not. No, he just said, you know what? I'm praying for you. If you can just know what I know. If God will open your eyes to see this man called Jesus the way I know him, you, all your doubt will be melted. All, all your concerns, all your questions about who he is, what he can do, how much he loves you, it will, all those questions will be totally answered. That's the first prayer point tonight. We need to come to a place of revelation and wisdom in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because once you know him, if they are dragging you to be executed, you are confident. If you are in a trial that is so tough and hard, no matter what it is, because you know him and you have a glimpse of his revelation, uh, you can go to sleep. Because you have, it's settled. The reason we doubt, number one reason, we don't know him. We have a mental ascent. And that's why, no, no, notice the prayer. He said, the spirit of wisdom. It takes a spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring me into this place, this realm of revelation, of getting to know him. Amazing prayer that Paul prayed for this church. That's the first prayer. 
He said, I'm praying for you. And this prayer is not about money. It's not about healing. Because all of those things, if you know him, it, it's a package deal. I want your eyes. I, I want you to have a knowledge of him. My faith and my belief is as the accuracy of the knowledge of God I have. That's it. If we really know him, even when things are going way off and terribly bad in the natural, what you know of him will keep you still. Can you imagine Abraham? What could get into a man who waited 25 years to get his son? And yet God said, go, go kill him. And he hurried. He, the Bible said, he, the next month, early in the morning, he got on the road and went on his way. What, what, what could prompt a man to give his only son and want to go and kill him? The Bible tells us in Hebrews, he knew that God was able to raise him back. He already settled the knowing issue. And because the knowing issue was settled, he was willing to do whatever God told him to do. He knew that who asked him to do what he asked him to do is able to take care of it. That's number one. Let's move quickly. Number two, verse 18. And there's, a, there's really a whole lot more we can say about verse, verse 17. Ah, yeah, there's a lot more. Kai. Oh my goodness. Because now you understand now why Jesus himself said in John 17, 3, this is life eternal. Then we get to know God. The only true one and Jesus Christ whom, whom he sent. That's, the eternal life, mean, eternal life does not just mean I'm going to go to heaven. Of course, that's part of it. But it means abundant quality of living. The God kind of life. Zoe, God's kind of life. Living right now. And Jesus defined it. Said the, what it really means is knowing God. Because when you know him, the way he wants us to know him, when RIS knock on your door and say you owe $10,000 taxes, you say go to, go to the lake and go get the money. Listen, listen, listen. We love it. Jesus did not carry his checkbook or ATM card. He paid on demand because what? He was in the source. He didn't need it. When he needed it, he called it forth. And it showed up. And it showed up. Okay. Next one. Because of time here. Verse 18. He said, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Second point here is, he said, listen, after you have known him, I want your eyes to be enlightened so you can, you can, have, some, you can have some illumination to understand the hope. Hope. Talking about your future. Your future. The hope. The hope of the call of God upon your life. We're not talking about whether you're a doctor or a lawyer. Or an agent. No, 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 no. The hope. In other words, what are you anchored on? What is this thing just a futile something we talk about today disappears tomorrow? No. There's a hope for you and I. There's a hope reserved for us in heaven that we know that we are going somewhere. We are not like those that are just here living carelessly, don't have a place, don't have a destination. Paul says, listen, not only do I want you to know him, but I want you, I want to pray for you so your eyes will be open. You can behold that you have a great future ahead of you. And your 
thank you. The certainty and the assurance of your future drives your today. Oh my God. You are not living today like a man that's going nowhere or a woman that's going nowhere. You are living like a man or woman who is so certain of your future that's ahead of you and therefore that future determines it helps you, compel you, constrain you in what you're doing today. That was Joseph. Adultery was not an issue for him. Why? He had a revelation of the future he had. He had a dream that was driving his today. And therefore, he realized that to do anything would scuttle the future that God already had planned for him. So, process number one, I want you to know him. Number two, that you and I know the hope of his calling upon us. And then number three, in his prayer here, verse 18, that we also come to know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I'm going to touch that fully tomorrow. There's no time enough to do, to do that. But suffice it to say, First, he wants me to know him. Number two, he wants us to have a hope anchored, our future. Number three, he wants you to know the benefits and God's promises in your life. Amen. He wants us to know them. Yes. I mean, isn't that amazing that when you get hired at, uh, uh, what, AT&T or, uh, I don't know, General Motors, HR will call you in and they give you a package and that package will list all your benefits. How much vacation time do you get? Your dividends, 401k, healthcare, all of that stuff. They give you a package and you know that and, and, and you get to, you know what you're working for. Paul says, I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know the hope, your future, what is the certainty of where he's taking you. Yeah. And while you are doing that, ah, how about checking on your benefits? You have some benefits. But please, I don't want you to miss the fact that everything Paul is saying here is from a having been already done perspective. In fact, that's the, that's the whole message. He's telling them this because he said, listen, God has already done all of these things. He's already done. Yeah. And then last point. Verse 19. Oh my God. How can, I, how can I go to verse 19? Let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me let me let me deal with this a little more. In 2 Kings 6, Elisha's servant saw the enemy against them. He was scared. And he ran to Elisha and told him about all the chariots and all the people that come against them. Elijah. Now, isn't that amazing? The servant who was not seen in the spirit. Opening his eyes like you and I do today, looking at all the trouble, the turmoil, and all the noise around them, and he began to, he was afraid. Elisha, in the meantime, was in the same place, but totally at peace. Why? His eyes were enlightened. He saw something that the servant did not see. I know this is prayer. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And in that instant, God opened the eyes of the servants and he looked and said, oh my goodness, oh, I did not see these people before. Well, they, did they just appear? No, they had always been there. They had always been there. All around you and I right now are angels. Speak to them. They've been called by God to minister to the heirs of salvation. You don't have to see them. They hear you. You are waiting to see a manifestation you can touch one and say, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You are, you, are, you are looking at the wrong thing. Speak 
out of your mouth, you carry command. And they are waiting to be activated by you speaking the words of God. How about Abraham? God said, go kill Isaac. He got on the mountain. He was about to kill him. And the angel said, Abraham, Abraham, don't touch the lad. Look over there. That's a ram. Caught in the thicket. Now you take the ram and kill it instead. Oh, excuse me. Did the ram just got there? Ram had been waiting all along. But Abraham could not see it until his eyes were opened. What I'm saying to us tonight is, we need to get to that place where we're asking God to open our eyes. Those are the prayers we should be praying. Not God give me money. God give me naira. God give me dollars. Nonsense prayer. Nonsense prayer. We need to be asking God to open our eyes to see the provision is already made. We need to be asking God to open our eyes to see the protection is already put in place. We need to ask God to open our eyes to see the favor is already placed before us. We need, it's not that it's not already there. It's already done. The, our eyes are closed. You're opening your eyes and they're yet closed. That's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem. We're looking with natural eyes. Ah, I saw a woman in a red shirt. Is that, is that, is that, is that all that there is? You don't see the angels all around. You just see a woman in a red dress. God has things already happening for us. We just need to key into them. The last point, the poor, last prayer I prayed in verse 19. Look at this prayer. <laughs> Number one, get to know him. Number two, our eyes open so we can uh, see the hope that he has for us. Number three, that we know the benefits that he has for us as saints. And number four in verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us? Who doubt? Ah, thank you, Brother Emmanuel. This power only works for those that believe. So some of us never see it before, because we, before we can even activate it, we have already killed ourselves with doubt. God, if, if it be thy will, you will never see the power. You can forget that power. Right there, if it be thy will. Jesus went to the cross, bled to death, and died for your sake. He said, if it be thy will. What do you think he was doing up there? Now, this is amazing. Now, we, we are laughing now. But look at what Paul said. He didn't just talk about power. He said the exceeding great power and then he qualified it, which God wrought in Jesus when he raised him from the dead. In other words, within you right now, if we can put a power meter to measure God's power, Paul is saying the power that raised Jesus from the dead, which has to be serious, stupendous power, that that same power is in us right now, not tomorrow. If a child, two-year-old, is born again, that same power resides in that child. How much more power do we need? How much more power do we need? So the issue is not whether there's power. The issue is that we're drawing on it. So you have a well in the back of your house. Everybody knows the well has water. But will, water, will, will that water ever get on your table if you don't draw it? No. No. It will never get on your table if you don't draw it. 
you have to get a tool, a bucket or something, and draw the water, the, the water out. That's what needs to happen. That's what we need to be learning. How do we draw what's already there? Not trying to get any power. That's, that's, it, 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 folks, when you start understanding what Paul is saying, you hear some prayers, you, you walk away. They are useless prayers. Prayer where you're asking for God's power to come. Where is it coming from? The power that's in your belly, you're asking to come. You are praying. God, I need your power. Where, what, what, which more power do you need? For what? It's already in you. That's what it, we just read it. Oh, let's read it one more time and then, we, and then we need to pray. Look at this. He wants us to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. What kind of English is this? If it's not that Paul is just trying to emphasize what, what we are really carrying. Which he walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realm places. Folks, we got it all. What we need to, need to be learning, asking God to do is, how do we release what's already in us? That's it. So, um, I'm hoping that the one half of unbelief, where you're praying prayers that is, that is vain, repetition, that is really, not really praying, you're just speaking, because you're not praying. If you're asking for God to give you power, you already have it. You're not praying. You may as well be doing, reading A, B, C, G, Jack and G went up the hill and stopped you're not praying. You're wasting time. You're not praying. You need to know that. You need to know prayers according to the new covenant grace, grace, grace era. Seriously. Seriously. Do you understand what, what I share with you tonight? Yes. Number one, we need to know God. And, and I'm not talking about mental ascent here. I'm talking about in heart. Revelation. Who is Jesus? How do you do that? Go read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Until you and Jesus become second nature. Number two, anchor yourself knowing your future. The certainty of your future. Number three, knowing the things that God has already promised. Which we already have. And number four, knowing the power you carry. When you know you carry a power, you walk with the swagger. The things that normally shut you down will not shut you down because you know what? You have the password. Can we stand up tonight? What's the number one thing that we need to know? Anybody can shout it to me? Know him. Thank you. What's the number two thing? The hope that we have in Christ. The certainty of the future. What's the number three thing? The benefits, the benefits and the promises. And the last number four, the power, the power that's in us. Don't just say power and just put the power there on the shelf. No, no, it's not just power. It's power that's in you. The power that's in you. You need, you need, hey, you, you need to know it. You need to have that confidence. Amen. And say, Father God, tonight, what a privilege, what an honor to know. That Jesus, the Son of God, went to Calvary and on that cross finished everything that has to do with our salvation, our redemption. Thank you for your blessings that are already available to us right now. We thank my Lord God for this 
writings that Paul gave the Ephesians. That's like a roadmap to us tonight and for generations to come. That first of all, we need to come into a place of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Not mentally, but in our hearts. And so my prayer tonight for us is that the spirit of God's wisdom and his revelation will come upon every man and every woman and bring us to a place of knowing. A place where we come to an intimate knowledge of who Jesus is. You said in John 17 verse 3 that this is life eternal that we may come to know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And so Lord, I thank you tonight. This is your desire. And we are lining up with your desire tonight to want to know you. I thank you. Because we know that because we desire to know you, you reveal yourself. So I pray for the revelation of Lord Jesus Christ. In every life, in every heart, in every situation. My Lord God, in Jesus name. Thank you. Like Paul said. He said he counts all things as loss for the excellency of the knowledge of who you are. That's where we are tonight, Lord God. We want to know you. Thank you for revealing yourself. Thank you, Lord God, for showing yourself to us. We thank you, Father God, for the hope that we have in you. That we are not just a man or a woman that's living a miserable life, not knowing where we are going. But we know there's a hope reserved for us in heaven. And so, Lord, we anchor our faith upon the certain future that we have in you. Thank you because we know we have a future. We have a future that is guaranteed. Thank you, my Lord, that the plans that you have for us are plans of peace and not of evil to bring us to an expected end. And so we bless you. Lord, tonight we thank you for all your great and wonderful promises. Oh, my Lord God, you said in Psalms 103 that we should not forget your benefits. And so tonight we thank you for your benefits. How you forgive our iniquities. How you heal our diseases. How you redeem our souls from destruction. How you crown our heads with your tender loving kindness. You renew our youth as the eagles. You satisfy our mouth with good things. We lack nothing. And so we thank you. We cast our cares upon you. Because we know that you care for us and you love us. Thank you, Father God. Oh, tonight, Father God, we thank you. For coming to the place where we recognize that we are carrying the same power. That raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That he dwells in us. And so, Lord, we thank you. That the Christ in us is the hope of glory tonight. We thank you for the manifestation in and through us of the power of God. Thank you, Father God. Oh, we bless you, Lord God. Thank you for that power flowing forth. That power is moving out of us. That power is demonstrating the power of God to our world. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we bless you tonight. Lord, we praise your name, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. You're a great God. You're a good God. Thank you, Father God. That we are going to feed our faith. We're going to doubt us. Uh, we're going to starve our doubt. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are believing you, Lord. We are believing you, Lord God. We are believing you, Lord. Because you hasten for your word to perform it. Lord, your word would never at any time return unto you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we stand believing tonight. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for miracles that's happening among us. In the name of Jesus, thank you for new jobs, promotions. Thank you for profits, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, open doors. In the name of Jesus, healings, my Lord God. From the top of our head to the source of our feet, we are receiving the manifestation, my Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we bless you. We bless you. Lord, we praise your name. We magnify you, Lord. 
You're a great God. You're a great God. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mama, Let's just pray in the spirit for a minute. Let's just pray in the spirit for a minute. Bashiki tolo do kobaraka babaha. Mandaraka bahande reke bihura kabaha. Mandaraka baba bahande reke. Eraka baha naraka bashiki. Naraka bashiki tolo do Mandaraka bashakatele do kobaraka baba. Mandaraka bashiki tolo do kobaha. Oh, mama, 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 mama. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.